your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, December 1st, 2021. That's right. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Never gets old, man. Shout out to the hood holiday right there, the first of the month. Here we are, Raider Nation, staring 2022 dead in the face. Only one month left to go, and we're also staring week 13 of the NFL season square in the face as the next team up on the schedule for the Raiders are the Washington football team. We're turning the page from the Dallas Cowboys, the victory on Thanksgiving, and we're focusing now on the upcoming game at Allegiant Stadium, again, against the Washington football team. Should be an interesting and exciting game. It's going to be a dogfight. Uh, very excited about the opportunity that the Raiders have, but it will not be an easy victory. That is for sure. Off top, I'd like to thank you for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. Wherever you find your favorite podcast, you can definitely find the show. And I do appreciate all the support uh, all year long of the Locked On Raiders podcast. It's been incredible. So thank you so much for that. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. You know the number, 707-654-4693. If you don't, go ahead and put that in your phone, man. Again, 707-654-4693. Lock it in and uh, give me your feedback early and give me your feedback often. That's coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, I'm going to talk about two players that the Raiders really need to step up in the month of December. They need to really close out this season really strong for this Raiders team to have a chance. I mean, look, there's going to be a lot of players that are going to have to step up for the team to have a chance and really uh, get an opportunity at the postseason. But these two guys in particular who have had a good season so far really need to come up and be the alpha dogs that I'm always talking about. They need to be those dudes. The Raiders have two guys in particular that I'm thinking about that I need to see a big month of December from. These two guys need to really just do it all. Leave it all out on the field each and every game. The last month of the season plus the first week in January. So we'll talk about those two guys, what I need to see from them or what I want to see from them coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day as I always do. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Off top, there was no media session on Tuesday with the Raiders. That was a scheduled day off for the team, so they'll be back at it as far as media sessions go later on today uh, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Matter of fact, interim head coach Rich Basaccio will meet with the media, Derek Carr will meet with the media, and usually they roll out another player or two, so at least those two guys for sure will be talking, but there was none of that on Tuesday. But the Raiders did roll out their depth chart on Tuesday, and I was kind of interested by the depth chart. They still have Darren Waller listed as tight end number one, even though I don't believe he's going to be playing on Sunday. Foster Moreau is going to have to get the start, similar to what he did against the Eagles the, uh, the game before the bye week, and he did a good job. I think that's going to be his role on Sunday. They also have Carl Nassib listed as the number two defensive end. I don't think he's going to be playing either. Rich Bisacci on Monday said he's week to week, just like Darren Waller's week to week, so maybe... This is an opportunity for you to see the third-round pick, Malcolm Kuntz, the young man out of Buffalo. Maybe you'll actually see him on the field in some real action. Saw him in the preseason, haven't seen him in the regular season at all. So those guys are still listed on the depth chart right now. And then long snapper Trent Sieg, who's in the COVID-19 protocol right now, he's still listed with nobody behind him on the depth chart. And he needs two negative tests 24 hours apart to be cleared to play on Sunday. And again, there's nobody on the depth chart at all 
behind Trent Sieg. So that is very concerning. There was a time when John Kondo was out for the Raiders and uh, he was the long snapper. And when he was out, it was all bad. They couldn't get a snap back to Shane Leckler to save their life. And so if Trent Sieg is going to be out, that's going to be a big deal. Be very interesting to see who they bring in from the practice squad to the active roster to fill that void. But as of right now, as of Wednesday morning, there's nobody behind Trent Sieg. So maybe they're hoping that he's going to get two negative tests before Sunday. Also, Pro Football Focus put out another one of their grades. They put this one out talking about the five highest graded defenders under the age of 25. Number five was Nick Bosa with the 84.4 grade. Number four, A.J. Terrell with the 84.5. That was actually a guy I was hoping the Raiders were going to draft when they went and got Damon Arnett, but the Atlanta Falcons drafted him before the Raiders had an opportunity. Number three, Antoine Winfield Jr. plays for the Tampa Bay. He had an 86.0. Uh, Rashawn Fenton, number two, 86.8. And number one, Mad Max Crosby, 92.1. That's Pro Football Focus's highest grade defenders under the age of 25. And it's funny, a little side note, number five was Nick Bosa, and Max Crosby was number one. Max Crosby was drafted in the fourth round. Nick Bosa was drafted in the first round, number two overall. Same draft, right? Bosa went number two. Uh, He's played in 29 games total, has 20 sacks. Max Crosby went number 106 overall, has played in 37 games, and has 22 sacks. So more production from Bosa in less games, but... More sacks all in all for Max Crosby, and he's been available a lot more than Bosa. So thought that was a pretty interesting little nugget I'd pass along from Pro Football Focus, and please believe we'll be talking about Max Crosby a little bit more in the show. That's what we call in the business as a tease. Also wanted you to hear a couple little sound bites that I got from John McClain on Tuesday. He was on my show on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, and off top, we started talking about the Raiders, and I wanted to get his reaction to their win over the Cowboys, and so he wanted to talk about that too. Plus, he had a little nugget that he wanted to pass on. Check this out. My turkey and dressing always tastes a whole lot better when the Cowboys get beat on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I and bet. Something that I want to tell Raider fans who are out there right now, 6-5, and five, if the playoffs started today, they would not be in the playoffs. Chargers got that last spot at 6-5 and five wrapped up, but there's so much competition in AFC. But if you're a Raider fan, or a Chargers fan, or a Broncos fan, all of them are six and five. But this time last year, the Buccaneers were six and five. Mm. And then they didn't lose another game. And they averaged 32 points the rest of the season in their last eight games. And of course, beat Kansas City 31 9 in the Super Bowl. And something I noticed about the Raiders, I just calculated that in their six victories, they've averaged 32 points a game. In five of them, they scored at least 30 points. So when they've won, they've scored a lot of points. When they've lost, as you know, they haven't. 14, 9, 16, 14, 13. That is a humongous discrepancy in points scored in wins and losses. But they got to have a lot of confidence winning that game. And I look at the schedule, the only team left here that – has a losing record is the one coming up, Washington, which if the playoffs started today, Washington would be the last seed in the NFC, and Washington is hot. And uh, But there's a good chance Raiders going to win this game, and then it gets tough with three of the last five on the road, Kansas City, Cleveland, and Indy. But that last game against the Chargers, well, really, the, well, all those last games, mm-hmm. every one of these teams is a playoff contender. So if you're a Raiders fan, you've got to be pumped 
about crunch time of December when the pretenders are separated from the contenders. thought that was a really good nugget right there from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Did a little bit of deep diving into the stats of the Raiders and what they've done really well throughout the season and what they haven't done. And when they score a lot of points, they win. When they don't, they lose. I mean, it's real simple. you got to score points in the NFL. That's why they've got to clean up that red zone offense because field goals aren't going to get them over 30 points every time. They're not going to always have five-for-five five performances from Daniel Carlson putting up 15 points on his own. So that was one interesting little soundbite from John McClain. And I have one more that I wanted you to hear. I asked him about the division race. The AFC West is crazy. Potentially on Monday, we could be talking about a four-way tie in the division. So I asked him, hey, John, it's December. It's just about December. Have you you ever seen a division race like the one that's going on currently in the AFC West? Never. Never seen anything like it. Now, maybe it's happened sometime and I can't remember, or but I just, I think that's rare. And I think what's going on now, the fact that they're all just one game behind the Chiefs and they all play each other. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're through playing each other. That's what's going to make it even better. And I'm looking at the strength of the schedule it's amazing. The toughest schedule in the leagues, Kansas City, uh, they're, the teams that they've beaten, strength of schedule is point five six eight, Chargers point five five two, Raiders point five two four, and somehow the Broncos are point four six seven. But it's amazing. I thought Denver would fall out, and Vic Fangio, a lot of people think he's coaching for his job, but the Broncos playing great defense. You know, since they traded Bob Miller, the Rams have lost three in a row, and the Broncos have been inconsistent, but they they obliterated the Cowboys. And uh, they just, they've been a surprise. But I think when all said and done, Kansas City will be on top. And I think the winner of that last game, uh, in Las Vegas, we'll get the last playoff spot. So there you go. You heard John's expectations. That final game of the season against the Chargers at Allegiant Stadium, that Week 18 game, could determine everything. That could actually determine who goes to the playoffs and who goes home. Ideally, selfishly, I would love to see that. I know Raider Nation would love to see uh, the Raiders solidify their spot earlier than that, but I would love to see, just for the drama, I would love to see it go down to the final game, be there at Allegiant Stadium, have Raider Nation roar and having everyone fired up and excited having the crowd there just to see the potential of the Raiders going to the playoffs I would love to see that and hopefully it shakes out that way so uh, one more little final nugget I have a little small piece of uh, news that I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast Uh, defensive tackle Tristan Hill from the Cowboys remember he got suspended the other day two games for the hit on John Simpson following the game hit him in the helmet knocked him off knocked his helmet off and then basically ran well it was a two-game suspension but after Tuesday uh, NFL, NFLPA appeals officer Derek Brooks reduced the suspension to one game. So there you go. Tristan Hill will miss this week's game against the New Orleans Saints, but instead of the two-game suspension, he's only getting a one-game suspension. And that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, two guys that I'm really focusing in on that I think need to take that alpha dog lead in helping the Raiders get to the postseason and finish off this season, the last month of the season, December, and that first week in January really strong. We'll talk about them coming up in segment number two. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Bet Online 
betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is your number one spot for all the sport action all season long. And when I say season, I'm talking pro and college football. I'm talking pro and college basketball, NHL, boxing, UFC, any sports you can imagine going on. Yeah, betonline.ag has got you covered. Even Vegas casino games, they got you covered that way as well. They got the better props, the odds, the lines. Uh, They're back and better than ever. They're your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Go to the website right now on your laptop or your mobile device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. How do you do that? You got to use the promo code locked on to get that bonus. No matter what you put in, $500, $1,000, $1,500, $2,000, whatever you put into your account, even $200, as long as you use the promo code locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus just to say thank you for using betonline.ag. Again, basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, they've got you covered. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it's where the games start. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. I've teased it a couple times. Now it's time to talk about two guys that I'm looking for to be those alpha dog leaders, those alpha dog difference makers in the final month of the season. Of course, there is an extra week in January, but really, the month of December for the Raiders has to be big. Uh, They've got to be able to find a way to erase that ugly November. They only had one victory in the month of November, and normally, you have one victory in the month of November. There's absolutely no chance that you have more than the regular scheduled games. You know, there's more, there's no chance that you're going to make the postseason. But if the Raiders have a strong December, well, anything's possible. Of course, they've got to start things off this Sunday against the Washington football team at Allegiant Stadium, a place where they need to start establishing some kind of home dominance. They need to start winning games at home on a consistent basis. But that's another conversation for another day. Now I want to talk about these two dudes that I think can be the alpha dog leaders. I think they are alpha dog leaders, but they really got to show up strong in the month of December. And I think it's easy to say Derek Carr on the offense, you got to lead the charge. You know, you heard the nugget from John McClain talking about 30 plus points a game. And I do believe that the offense has got to step up, no doubt about it. But I'm going to hang my hat on the defense and I'm going to hang my hat on the defensive line and the guys that have really led the way throughout the course of the season. And that's Unique Ngakwe and Mad Max Crosby. Those two have been getting a lot of pressures on the quarterback throughout the course of the year. Uh, Unique Ngakwe has gotten home more times. That's why I said his name first and Max Crosby has. But they've both done a really good job of providing a a lot of pressure and getting to the quarterback throughout the course of the season. But this stretch, man, this final stretch, this last month and this first week in January, they're going to be needed more than ever just because, well, you know, the weather gets cold. Uh, You also know that it's going to be playoff atmosphere. You know how important each and every one of these games is going to be. I think the offense is going to get cooking, but there's going to be games when the defense is going to have to close it out. They're going to have to make big plays at the end of the games to make sure that the Raiders can ensure a victory. And I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself, but just just looking at the numbers, looking at Unique Ngakwe off top. He's the guy that was brought in in free agency in the offseason, gave him a two-year deal, gave him some guaranteed money, lots of guaranteed money. And one of the things I said about him before the Raiders grabbed him, I said, look, he's going to get eight sacks no matter what this year. As long as he stays healthy, it's almost guaranteed that he's going to get eight sacks. If you look back, there's never been a time in his NFL career that he's had less than eight sacks going back to 2016, his rookie year. He's had eight sacks every single year of his career except for 2017 and 2018. In 2017, 17, he had 12, and in 2018, he had nine and a half. Every other year, he's had eight. And you know how many he has so far in 2021? He has eight. But that's eight through 11 games. So he still has time. He has six more games to collect a couple more sacks. He also has a couple forced fumbles that have come up big as well. So, yes, eight sacks is good. But now, 
What do you do in December? You've got to be able to come up big in December. He's got to be that alpha dog guy. I'm looking at double-digit sacks. Again, he's had six in the last five games, so obviously he's getting lathered up. He's cooking with grease, like I like to say. He needs to show it. He needs to show why they brought him in for the big free agency money. He needs to close out this season really strong. I'm looking at 12 or 13 sacks. I really am, and I know there's only a handful of games left. I get that. They've played 11 games so far. He's got six left. I get it. But he talked about it when he signed with the Raiders. There was a reason why he wanted to be there. He wanted to be there with Gus Bradley. He wanted to be there to be a leader. He wanted to show what it was like. He wanted to help turn the culture around. Well, this is culture-changing moments. You know, being in it, being in the thick of things in December, that's when you need your big-time players. That's when you need superstars to show up and be superstar-type players. Again, I think the offense is going to be good as long as they can find a way to stay aggressive, but the defense is going to be called upon early, and they're going to be called upon often to keep doing what they're doing, but even take it up, ratchet it up a little bit more, and, and take it to the next level. And so I think that every reason that Unique Ngakwe has mentioned that he wanted to be a member of the Silver and Black, he has right there in front of him. He has the opportunity to show the whole NFL that he wasn't a guy that was washed because at one point that's what they thought right when he went from Jacksonville then he went to Minnesota then he was traded to Baltimore midseason also it's like wait a minute you've been on four teams in two seasons oh something's wrong with you no he's got to show that the teams were bad fits and he is a real deal player and he has been he has been a breath of fresh air so far for the silver and black all season long he's helped push his tag team partner Max Crosby and that's what he's got to do throughout the rest of the season he's got to continue to get home force a couple more fumbles just all in all, be that defensive presence that the Raiders are lacking, you know, that alpha dog guy. And I mentioned his tag team partner, Mad Max Crosby. Well, he's the other guy. You know, they said that those guys push each other. They said that ever since Unique came to the team, that him and Max have been pushing each other. They're like brothers. He said that those two guys are the best duo in the league. Well, it's put up or shut up time. And I'm not saying that they're not the best duo. I'm not saying that they're not a great duo. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying right now is when it matters the most. Crosby has five sacks so far this season. The thing about him, though, he had two week one against Baltimore and three week six against the Broncos. He hasn't had any since then. He has no forced fumbles, but he has a lot of pressures. He keeps getting very high pro football focus grades, and that's good. And I tell you all the time, that's great to see the grades and hear the grades. And I like to come on the podcast and say what players on the Raiders team have very high pro football focus grades. But I also tell you, it's not the end-all be-all. But what is the end-all be-all? Production. The Raiders need more production out of Max Crosby. And again, he's done good. But he needs to do better. He needs to get home. Like Ngakwe has eight sacks and has had six in the last five games. Crosby hasn't had any in the last five games. He needs to start getting home and start completing the deal, sealing the deal at the quarterback. Have a party at the quarterback, man. They've got to really push each other. Those two guys, Crosby and Ngakwe, I believe, and this is just my theory, and you can believe whatever you want. Of course, I'd love to hear from you at 707-654-4693. That's the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. My theory is the Raiders are going to go as far as those two dudes could take them. Again, I know the offense is going to be a key cog. I get that. They've got to score points. But the defense is going to get the ball back for them so they can score points. Crosby's got to get home and cause a couple forced fumbles. And Gakwe's been getting some forced fumbles. So they got to get that and, and get the ball back. Create some turnovers. Get the ball back. The more pressure you get on the quarterback, the more mistakes that they're going to make. So those two dudes really have to step up and show why they were excited to play with each other, what they were doing in training camp, and what they could potentially do down the stretch when it matters the most. 
December matters. I always say at the beginning of the season, it doesn't really matter what you do in September and October. It's what you do in November and December. Well, now it's December. <laughs> so now it's really what matters. And the thing about it is Ngakwe got off to a slow start. He didn't get his first sack till a couple games into his Raider career. Uh, Crosby got off to a hot start week one. Ngakwe's heating up. He's getting better and better, in my opinion, each and every week. Crosby's got to catch up. He really does. Again, I'm not trying to call the dude out and say he's not playing hard because he is. He's going hard in the paint each and every game, but he's just not sealing the deal. He's got to get there. I mean, this guy, if anything, go out there and play for your money. Go out there and play for your check. You know, he's in uh, year three of a four-year deal, so he's going to want a contract extension. Go out there and earn that money. This is the time. You know, this is the time when you go out there and earn the money. Big games, big moments, you go earn it. Down the stretch, can you imagine if Max Crosby goes and gets three or four sacks in the month of December? Yeah, he'll be looking at the Raiders in the offseason to sign that big check. He wants that big contract extension. You know, it's almost like in college when you have that Heisman Trophy moment. Well, this isn't college, obviously. It's the NFL. It's a different ball game. But this could be Max Crosby's Heisman Trophy moment. Down the stretch, the month of December. If you go out there and ball out, go try to be, you know, defensive player of the month in December. Because that's going to take the Raiders a long way. If he could become even close to, to Defensive Player of the Month of December, or Ngakwe could be a Defensive Player of the Month of December, if these guys can go and be difference makers where we're talking about them almost each and every show, the Raiders are going to win a lot of games. You know, they have a handful of them to do it. They've got to go out there and make it happen. Again, they've played 11 games so far. They're 6-5. and five. They got six more to go. And you hope that you're playing farther than that first week in January. But in my opinion, again, it's going to only go as far as Unique Ngakwe and Max Crosby take them. They have got to be alpha dogs. They've got to step up. This is when superstars show their, who they are. And this is what they've got to do. They've got to prove that they are superstars. They are special talents in the league. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Again, if you'd like to chime in on that conversation, if you'd like to see a, a guy step up or a couple guys step up that you think are going to be huge down the stretch, and again, I know Derek Carr and the offense are going to be very important. Don't get me wrong. So uh, I know there'll be a lot of people that call, Q, I can't believe you didn't say Derek Carr. No, I get that. But again, I think these dudes need to be the alpha dog leaders down the stretch. But again, we'd love to hear from you at 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts are coming up next in segment number three. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. And this holiday season, you need to grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate. Amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors to choose from, you'll obviously have a hard time choosing when you go to place your order. You can have raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. You can have any of those. Or you can have many of the new flavors that they have. They have the white chocolate cheesecake built puffs. Caramel Almond Delight Built Bar, Ruby Chocolate, Lemon Dip Cheesecake, Vanilla Cream. They even have one that I didn't realize they had, Fruity Cereal. That was the mystery flavor Built Bar that they had uh, quite a while back. I don't think anyone would have picked that one. I know I would have never picked that one. I just, that wouldn't have been on my radar. But they have that available for you as well. Plenty of new ones to choose from. Go check them out today. Built.com. I send you to the website all the time. Right now, if you use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order just in time for the holidays. You'll love them. It'll be a great taste of snack to have while you're watching games, watching Raider football, or just hanging out with your friends. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, at Built.com. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your time to shine. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start off with a text from No Town Raider. It says, hey Q, No Town Raider here. That Thanksgiving game was the heart I was hoping to see. We just have to be consistent with it now. And as far as coaching candidate, I'd like to see if Byron Leftwich from the Bucks. I think he would compliment what we already have going on with our defense. Thank you for everything. Keep putting out great content and I'll be in Vegas next weekend. I hope I can catch up with you out there. Go Raiders. That's from No Town Raider. And yeah, Byron Leftwich is a name that's been mentioned multiple times. He's going to be uh, he's going to be a, a hot candidate for a lot of teams. I mean, he really will be. I mentioned it on Tuesday. Eight or nine teams will have head coaching vacancies. That's usually what the average is. And obviously the Raiders have one now. Uh, there'll be multiple teams that'll have one by the end of the season. And Byron Leftwich is going to be on the short list for many of them. Uh, it would be nice to see the Raiders interview him. I don't know where he's going to end up, what he's going to end up doing, but I do think Byron Leftwich is a potential head coach uh, as soon as this next year. I really do think he has the opportunity to be that guy. Thank you for the text. I do appreciate you. Next up, we got a call from Dave B in the 757. He's calling to talk about who could potentially be the next head football coach of the Raiders, and he's a guy with actual NFL experience. Here he is, Dave B in the 757. Hey Q, this is your boy Dave B in the 757. Hey, I know you're worried starting that look for the uh, new coaching candidates. And, hey, I, I know you're looking for someone to come in that's going to make a splash, a young guy, but here's what I'm going to offer to you, all right? We don't need to look very far. In a neighboring state, Herm Edwards. Think about it. Cue up his voice, his interview, where he says, you play to win the games. How does that not tie in with just win, baby? Herm Edwards, 2022 Raiders. There goes Dave B in the 757. And thank you for the call, my man. And I like Herm Edwards. I like Herm Edwards a lot for multiple reasons. One, he's a fun guy to talk to. He's got plenty of energy. He's motivational. He's a Cali dude. He grew up in Seaside, California. Uh, So shout out to Herm Edwards. But I don't see him as a guy that's going to be a head football coach in the NFL probably ever again. Uh, I know he's there uh, in college, in the college ranks right now, and I think he's doing decent there. I think he's a pretty good football coach, but I don't think he really proved himself enough in the NFL to be a guy that's like, okay, hey, he's going to take this team and take them to the next level. I just don't see that. Again, I like Herm Edwards a lot, but more of it's from his energy and his motivational speeches than it is from his actual coaching ability. So uh, thank you for that call. I do appreciate it. Next up is a text from Mark in Kentucky. He says, Q, Mark in Kentucky, you talked coaches yesterday. Did you mention Kellen Moore, Byron Leftwich, Matt Eberflus, or Nathaniel Hackett? Hackett was on Bradley's staff in Jacksonville. Could easily see him keeping Bradley on. Also, thoughts on possible GM. That's from Mark in Kentucky, and thank you for that text, my man. And uh, talked about the GM position on Tuesday's show. I think that that's Mike Mayox, at least for one more year. Uh, but as far as the head coaches, Kellen Moore, he's not leaving Dallas. He's going to be the next head football coach in Dallas, maybe as early as next year. They might, if the season doesn't shake out the way they wanted to, they might fire Mike McCarthy after this year. Byron Leftwich, just mentioned him a little while ago. He's going to be on the short list of many teams. Uh, Eberflus is a guy I've heard many different people talk about. He was a guy who actually left Dallas and uh, ended up in Indianapolis, and he's a heck of a football mind, uh, defensive guy, uh, really good at that. And Nathaniel Hackett, he's a guy who's going to be on the short list as well. So uh, lots of good options right there, my man. And, and that's why I was talking about the other day on Monday and Tuesday when I talked about this. There's going to be so many options. There's going to be so many different guys that are quality coaches that the Raiders don't have to settle. 
They don't have to settle on a retread. They don't have to just say, well, we're going to stick with Basaccia. They could be a little bit choosy, find the right guy that they think could take them to the next level. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a big-time hire that can help take the Raiders to the next level. Thank you for that text, my man. I do appreciate it. I got a call from Barry calling out of Baltimore. He's calling to talk about the GM search conversation we had on Tuesday uh, here on the show. Here he is, Barry from Baltimore. Hey, Q. Great show. This is uh, Barry uh, from Baltimore. Um, just, you know, thinking about podcasts today in regards to the general manager search. Yeah, I'm kind of with you in a way. I mean, I'm kind of on the fence with Mayock. Um, you know, it's either give him another year, see how it works out, or, you know, just get rid of him and get some new blood in there. Uh, I do agree with you, too. As the GM, I would imagine if they're going to replace him, somebody with some juice, just like the coach that I think they need. Um, we'll tell uh, also, too, what Mark Davis thinks. And I think also, too, if he keeps Mayock, my opinion is that tells us a lot on who has the actual call on the draft picks. Now, we don't know that for sure. It could have been Gruden. It could have been both of them. It could have been, you know, whatever. I mean, I think personally Gruden had a the huge say in it. Um, but who knows? I mean, the only like I said, no one knows. But I think they, I think Mark Davis does. I would imagine. So I think that'll go in his decision to keep May out. Um, but my only problem though too, and I think it's a, you know I think Gruden had an issue. You know, was part of this too is usually GMs. You know, they take advice from the coaches, but I don't wouldn't let that be the end all be all though. I mean, it sounds like some of these coaches pick these players, and I see that could be a great thing, but then also it could be a bad thing. Like let the general manager do his thing. You know, maybe they can tell them what kind of player, but I think that's what sticks with the rate, you know, what's, what affects the Raiders the worst, is especially with their drafting. When you read off those draft picks, it was just like, damn, that's bad. <laughs> and that, that goes into their depth. That goes into their, you know, their free agents, you know, their salary cap. They can't draft right. They have no depth and they got to sign people and hope they work out. It's a trickle down effect. So I don't know. Just one of my two cents on all this, but, uh, Great work. Love the podcast. Listen to it every day. Um, Keep doing your thing, my man. Go Raiders. There he is, Barry from Baltimore. And, yeah, I think it'll tell you a lot based off if Mark Davis decides to keep Mike Mayock around. Again, for every reason that I mentioned on Tuesday, I think he should. But we will see. You know, it'll let you know what he thinks of him. It'll let you know who he thought or who he knows had the final word and who had the biggest voice in the room when it came to draft picks. I think we all know it's John Gruden, but how much influence did Mike Mayock have? I think we'll see a lot if he sticks around for the year like I expect that he will, and I think that he should. But it's going to be interesting to see what will happen following this season. Thank you for your call, my man. I do appreciate you. And it's funny, we just had Barry from Baltimore. How about a text from the Raven? (laughs) Put those two together, Baltimore and the Raven. Greetings, Q. It's the Raven from an undisclosed location. I heard you state recently that in the Raiders search for the next head coach, you don't care if who they end up choosing is considered an offensive or defensive specialist. However, I believe an offensive-minded candidate is important for the following reasons. One, the league rules are geared to protect the offensive players, which translates to higher scoring games, which also dictates that a team be able to come back from deficits. So an offensive-minded head coach has an advantage there. Two, if you look around the league standings today, with the exception of Belichick in New England and Vrabel in Tennessee, all the head coaches of division leaders and playoff contending teams are offensive-minded coaches. 
Don't get me wrong. Defense is important. I'm totally in agreement with you that the Raiders should do all they can do to keep Bradley a defensive coordinator, but a middle-of-the-pack defense matched up with a top-10 offense could contend for a championship. Additionally, if the plan is to keep Bradley at D.C., wouldn't it be detrimental to have the head coach and D.C. butting heads on defensive philosophy? That is from the Raven. Thank you for your text, my man. And, yeah, that's I mean, that's the thing. If you're going to keep Gus Bradley around, then, yeah, it would make sense to have an offensive-minded guy. I'm saying I don't care if they get a defensive specialist or an offensive specialist. If they choose that they're not going to bring Gus Bradley back, then you might want to go with defense. And if you say that you're going to try to keep Gus Bradley around, then you'd want to go with offense. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what direction they're going to go. I just know that there's some smart minds out there, young guys full of energy that can kind of come and bring some fresh blood to the Raiders' sideline. And again, yes, uh, I would love to see Bradley stick around, and then that would mean that an offensive guy would make more sense, like you're saying. But if you move on from him, what are you going to do defensively? Your defense hasn't been worth a salt for years, and now all of a sudden you have a chance. I just did a whole segment on uh, two guys on defense defense being the guys that are going to lead the Raiders down the stretch in December. I just did a segment on that. When's the last time the Raiders have had a chance to say that two defensive guys could really lead the way and be those alpha dogs down the stretch? I mean, it's been years. So uh, that's my point. That, but I understand what you're saying. Thank you so much for that text, my dude. I do appreciate you. Uh, got one more call. How about California Dave out of West Tennessee? He's calling to talk about checking out on the team and checking out on the show and why he checked back in and what he thinks of the head coach of GM shows that we've been having around here. Here he is, California Dave out of West Tennessee. You, nation, California Dave calling out of West Tennessee, y'all. I hope everybody had a blessed Thanksgiving, got to spend a lot of time with your families. Uh, full disclosure, I checked out for a few weeks, man. After that young lady lost her life, I'm like, man, this team does not deserve my support or attention right now. Uh, basically, for personal reasons, I just checked out, man. I, like, put it down. Uh, watch the game on Thanksgiving. Woo! <laughs> I think the world really found out what it's like to be a Raider fan because that's how we live and that's how we win and lose. Uh, loving the topic on the head coach because that was the thing that really stood out to me is Coach B is not ready to be a head coach yet. Uh, don't know if there's enough time in the season for him to grow into it. Hopefully he does. Uh, with the GM and head coaching conversation that we're having, I just don't see Mark Davis making big splashes and big waves. I just, I just don't get that vibe from this guy. He's going to keep it in house. Um, and I love the idea of Gus Bradley. I really do. And really, I think we got our OC on the roster right now. I think Edgar Bennett. To get another shot at it. I think he was OC for the Packers for a little while. I don't know, but the man knows the playbook like the back of his hand. So, you know, I just don't see us making huge waves this offseason because, honestly, the Raiders need a little bit of common waters. We've we've gone through a lot these last few years. So, uh, all right, Q, Nation, love y'all. Peace out. There he goes. That's California Dave calling out of West Tennessee. Thanks for checking back in, my man. You know, when everything went down with rugs and Tina Tentor, the young lady who lost her life, 23-year-old, her and her dog uh, here in Vegas, yeah, that was that was tragic, man. So it made a lot of sense for some folks to check out. Obviously, when the team lost three straight, made a lot of sense for a lot of fans to check out. But glad you're back. Uh, I think a lot of Raider Nation is starting to come back now that the Raiders are showing life again, showing the fact that they still have a chance. But uh, you, you can't lose one and win one and then lose a couple and then win one and then lose a You can't do that. Uh, down the stretch, December, first week of January, you've got to be on a winning streak. That streak can start as early as 
Sunday when the Washington football team comes to Allegiant Stadium. So as far as Davis not making a splash, I feel like he almost has to. You know, for the very reason that he's here in Vegas. Everything's bigger and flashier, right? And I know that bigger and flashier doesn't always mean successful, but in my opinion, he's got to do something to give the fan base, get them fired up, get them a little juiced up, you know? And, and you just got to have somebody that, that provides a little extra or something. You can't just go and get some guy and it's like, oh, yeah, he's a, he's a good head coach. He's a decent head coach, but, he, you know, he's not really anything special. Like, that's what Jack Del Rio was when they hired him for me. Jack Del Rio was, eh, ho-hum. He was okay. And he proved to be pretty good. He wasn't great, but he was pretty good. You know, he, he had a nice little run. But they need to get a hire, and they need to hire somebody that can bring some energy and some life and some, like I said, some juice to the fan base, man. I think that's what they really are missing on that sideline is someone with some extra juice and energy. So we'll see what they do. We'll see what Mark Davis does. But I do think that they got the potential to go out and make a really good hire, something and someone that the fan base can really get behind. So that's all I got for you for today's show. California Dave, thank you so much for your call, my man. I do appreciate you. And again, uh, thank you for checking back in, man. It's, it's always good to hear from you. So again, that's all I got for today's show. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And don't forget, you can find the show free and available on all platforms where you find your favorite podcast. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have Crossover Thursday. That's right. We'll take a deep dive into the Washington football team. We'll have more news and notes of the day. We may be able to get a couple calls and text in if not we'll get him in on friday as i have the keys to the game what the raiders will have to do to come away with a victory on sunday against the football team at allegiant stadium so until then rare nation take care of yourself love on your family do what you got to do hold it down and as always just win baby